Did the Baltimore Ravens have an easy path to victory against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday in the AFC Championship game? We talk about that and so much more coming up next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens. We're your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, and I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire, coming to you from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. As always, thanks so much for being here with us, making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes a video form on YouTube, audio form, wherever you get your podcasts. We are a five-day week Ravens show, and we do bring you bonus content as well. So any subscriptions, any follows along, I really appreciate that. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens. Brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Obviously, really exciting time in Baltimore right now as the Ravens are playing in the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. And here to break down some of the potential paths to victory is Cordell Woodland of 105.7 The Fan, the Winning Drive podcast. And he does Ravens and Orioles work, so he's all across the Baltimore scene. Cordell, I appreciate you taking the time. And we, we saw the Orioles go on that run, right? We, we saw them do their thing, and this, the city was so excited for them. I think they're just as excited, if not more, that this Ravens team now has the potential to go to the Super Bowl here. It's been a great year for Baltimore sports. It has. It has. Um, you know, you mentioned what the Orioles did this season, winning the American League East, went, you know, first seed in the American League, obviously not having the postseason that they wanted to have, but a great step in the right direction for a young team that we fully expect to, you know, have continued success for years to come. Um, Baltimore, the, the Ravens are in a similar situation and the Ravens are, this is their window. You know, they, they are capitalizing on their window and it's, no shame to the Orioles. The Ravens, you could you could say, you know, in nineteen that was kind of the year for the Ravens. What this year was for the Orioles. So now the Ravens are back. They're more improved. They're more mature. Um, and it showed on Saturday and that went against the Texans, where the first half was a little shaky. Went in a halftime, not knowing what to expect in the second half. I mean, in the press box, we're all looking at each other like, you know, nobody wants to say it, but we're looking at each other like, oh. And second half, totally different thing. So, you know, you, you got to see the maturity in this team. You got to see why this team is totally different from the team that we saw in 2019, because this team is more equipped to come from behind. They're more equipped to beat you in a multitude of different ways. Um, so we'll see what happens this weekend against Kansas City. Yeah, and I think your point about 2019, sometimes young teams have to go and experience that failure and come back stronger. Maybe a year later, a couple years later, I think Baltimore, of course, 2019, I think was the pinnacle of that failure, but it's been a rough couple of years in terms of injuries and them getting to where they want to go. But I think it's all shaping up for them to hopefully win this game and get to the Super Bowl. Now there are plenty of paths to victory for the Ravens here, but I think some people are the narrative as well. This is an easy path because Kansas City is not the same Kansas City that, you know, the Tyreek Hills and Travis Kelsey hasn't looked like himself. But look, we can be honest, Cordell, against Patrick Mahomes, nothing is going to be easy. He is a two-time champion that they literally won the Super Bowl last year. These are the defending champs we're talking right. about. Nothing's going to be easy when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and beating them. But I think that if the Ravens execute 
it will be easy based off of if everything can go right for them. But this is the playoffs. Nothing nothing goes exactly the way you want it to. And I think we saw that quite literally on Saturday against Houston. So to me, the narrative of, well, Kansas City isn't the same Kansas City on offense. They're not explosive. They don't have pass-catching weapons. I think those points can be true. There are easy paths to victory for the Ravens in this game. But playing Kansas City and defeating them is not going to be an easy task. No, it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's the AFC championship game. It, it wouldn't have been easy if they played Buffalo. You know, I, I think you get to this time of year, <clears throat> and especially this this round in the postseason, is best on best. You know what I'm saying? And it's proof the Ravens are going up against the defending champs. And everybody talks about them not, you know, being an explosive offense anymore they weren't that explosive of an offense last year when they won it all without Tyreek Hill. They had changed the way that they played football on the offensive side of the ball last year. And look, of course, this year they I would I would agree. I think the offense has regressed. Um, the receivers are inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get from them. But hey, while the receivers have maybe are trending down, the running back position has trended up for them with what Isaiah Pacheco has been able to do for them. And I would say also also. You look at this offense in the postseason, they've been pretty good. They've been pretty good. I mean, that, that, that ridiculously freezing game in the wild card round against Miami and Kansas City. I mean, Mahomes is throwing the ball as if it's 80-degree weather. He, he, didn't, he didn't mind, you know, what the weather situation was. And then you look at this last week, Mahomes' first road playoff game going to Buffalo. You know, they're able to go out there and still put up points when necessary. So these guys are here for a reason. Um, and anytime you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, it's not going to be easy. Um, but look, the Ravens, I've said it all year. I think they're the best team in football with the Chiefs coming in. That doesn't change my mind on that. But I understand that this will be a big challenge, probably the biggest challenge they've had to this point in the season. Hey, you know, speaking of, of the weather, the way that Kansas City's had to deal with what they've been playing in these past two weeks, the early indications on Sunday, there might be a little bit of rain a little before the game or right as the game kicks off obviously we're here on tuesday so things can change but there's supposed to be a high of 47 on sunday considering what kansas city's played in these past few weeks they might bring their swimsuits bring some beach balls out you know that's, that's warm <laughs> compared to what they've been in right. the past two weeks here but i do think cordell yeah again gotta defeat the champs that itself is not an easy task 1000 percent. but i do think that there are a couple of keys to victory or i guess paths to victory that the ravens can use their advantage that could maybe make it a game similar to Houston, even though we know Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City team is a much more experienced team than C.J. Stroud in those Texans. I, th I think one where you look at it is you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco and the way that we saw Baltimore's run defense stifle Houston. Devin Singletary, the, the Texans backfield was, you know, just kind of meth this year. But I think a lot of that had to do with early in the season, they rode Damian Pierce and it was a disaster. They gave the backfield to Devin Singletary and it looked better. But the Ravens' run defense has been a, a tad inconsistent. I do think it's the, mm -hmm. the stats and the metrics kind of are inflated because they had a couple of really bad games. But they swarmed to the football, and this is a compliment to both the offense and the defense of Baltimore. Baltimore had almost 200 yards more rushing than the Texans did in the divisional round. So Isaiah Pacheco is a hard runner. I don't want to know what's going to happen if he and Roquan Smith collide. It's <laughs> going to be one heck of a collision, I'll tell you the that. The might shake. <laughs> I, I think it might. But you, you talk about Pacheco in the Chiefs' run game. If you can put the Chiefs in second and long situations and make a guy like Rasheed Rice beat you or make 
this pass offense beats you for Kansas City. You eliminate that run game. Mahomes is Mahomes. He's going to make plays, but it takes out a key element of their offense. Oh, no question. No question. The Chiefs are a lot more balanced than they used to be. Um, and, and that's kind of the case for any team. If you, you know, you, you make them one dimensional, you, you like your chances in that. And so, um, look, Pacheco's a threat. Um, John Harbaugh called him, you know, and said it's going to be a big time challenge. He runs the ball so hard, you know, you, you have, he forces you to meet his, uh, physicality level and the Ravens defense to their credit, they play at a level of physicality that few offenses, really no offense has really been able to keep up with to this point in the season. So I am curious to see with Pacheco because you're right, that's kind of been the Achilles heel of this Ravens defense as great as they've been all year. Um, I think they're the best defense in football, but they have struggled when teams have made a consistent effort to stick to the run game. Um, And with a guy like Pacheco, who's had a lot of success to this point in the postseason, he's going to be a focal point of that Chiefs game plan. So it'll be important for the Ravens to tackle, especially in space. If you are a guy that gets some one-on-one, hey, look, he's he's one of the toughest running backs to bring down in the open field. So even if you're not going to make the play, you got to try to hold him up. The Ravens have done a good job. We saw it on Saturday, kind of tackling as a complete team, rolling in packs to stop that run game. And I don't want to compare the Texans run game to the Chiefs run game is too is totally different as you know but the same rules apply travel impacts tackle as a team they'll have six, the same success they had against Houston that they, they could have that success against Kansas City as well yeah I, I 100% agree two different teams one young one experienced but if Baltimore's run defense can show up in the physicality we saw I think too Cordell that that's a way the Ravens can make this easier on themselves is Michael Pierce plays with that physicality. Jadavian Clowney was, was a menace. Travis Jones got involved. Washington, Matabike, that defensive front. This is how the Ravens built their defense. They built it with physicality, trading out some of those finesse players like a Marcus Peters and a Justin Houston for more physical guys like a Rocky Asin, who admittedly hasn't played a bunch this year. But for Rocky Asin and like Jadavian Clowney, those players – they embody that physicality. Plus, of course, you can't talk about physicality without guys like Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, everybody on that defense. They hit hard. And coming up in the second part of the show, I'll be talking a bit more about some paths of victory for the Ravens and some early matchups to watch as well. Stay tuned. Lots to get to here on Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is all wrapped up. We're deep into the playoffs now, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. That pursuit for you to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. You can find best in new explorers. You can make a parlay in the parlay. Have the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So if you're looking ahead, the Chiefs and Ravens AFC Championship game, maybe you want to put... Maybe Odell Beckham Jr. anytime touchdowns, a Flowers anytime touchdown, and a parlay together. It could all work out for you. Visit fanduelcom slash lockdown to make your first better layup. Then over to partner of the NFL. We're back on our second segment, Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker is still talking with Cordell Woodland ahead of the Ravens AFC Championship matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. And Cordell, we talked a bit about the run game for Kansas City, but diving a bit more into their pass-catching weapons it really is Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey and pretty quite literally nobody else. Rice had almost a thousand yards receiving this year, as did Kelsey. Both guys stepped up. Now, Kelsey hasn't looked like the Travis Kelsey we've seen in recent seasons. 
I don't know if he's been fully healthy for the entire year. He he got injured and that Detroit game, really the first week of the season, I don't think he's necessarily been the same guy, but you have two 900 plus yard receivers. The next closest guy to them in terms of receiving yards is Justin Watson at 460, who we saw had a big drop early in that Buffalo game. To me, it's kind of what we've talked about with Tyreek Hill in week 17, Nico Collins in the division around. You have one or two guys that you know can beat you. If you're the Ravens, I'm tightening up on Rasheed Rice. I'm tightening up on Travis Kelsey and making somebody else, making Justin Watson or Kadarius Tony if he even plays in this game, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Baltimore's secondary is so deep. It's been really good. Even if they get Marlon Humphrey back, I just feel like Baltimore's secondary, once you kind of eliminate the top two guys, if you if you take Rice and Kelsey and, I don't know, let's say Humphrey and Hamilton out for both teams, Baltimore's secondary depth is just so much better than Kansas City's pass catching depth, and I think that could be a big point. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, you know, about Marlon, who's been dealing with that calf injury. We'll see if he's even available to play in this game. Obviously, he missed that Texans game. Uh, we'll see if he gets back on the practice field this week. That'll be a huge boost for the Ravens if they can get him back. But if not, I mean, they've shown the ability to play well even when he's not out there. So I don't think they're going to lose any sleep. Um, but in, in terms of the Chiefs' pass catchers, yeah, they're inconsistent. I mean, it it is what it is. They they have made it so that they're tough to trust. Um, at times, you can make the argument that their receivers single-handedly have cost them games because they can't catch passes late in these games, especially down the field. Um, the you know, for them, I guess a positive for them, um, guys like Marquise Valdez-Cannon had a pretty good game against Buffalo. He only had the two catches, but he's making some tough catches down the field where he's dropped those same type of passes, even easier passes early in the year. So it's about who, who's even going to, who's going to show up for the Chiefs. I mean, Kelsey, you imagine he's going to be there whether he wants to or not. You know, he's a, he's the focal point of their offense and he's not what he's been he had a really good game against buffalo albeit two touchdowns in that one but that has kind of been the best he's looked in a while he gets the catches he still gets the targets he still gets the yardage but he's you know his consistency at finding the end zone has slowed down a little bit this year um so i'm intrigued uh, to see what the ravens do about kelsey it's been a while since the ravens have faced the chiefs so I, I'm, I'm curious to see and, and and i think obviously both teams are different in their own right what do the ravens try to use from the last time they played the chiefs where they beat them or or what different things do they have to try to do to stop this offense that used to be aggressive but now they have found ways to uh you know take what defenses give them and make that work for them. Yeah. And again, you got to have so much, even if you don't like him, you got to have a lot of respect for Fashion Mahomes and what he's been able to do is, is with his time in Kansas city, his time as an NFL quarterback. And I think there are so many different ways to try to defend him, but so many of them mm -hmm. just don't work because he is that good. If the Ravens want to make this easy on themselves, they have to at least slow him down. I don't think there's any, flat out 100% stopping him, just like we saw with C.J. Stroud on Saturday. Right. He'll get his. He'll make his plays. I thought C.J. was exceptional, especially on the run, because his offensive lines could not handle Baltimore's pass rush. And maybe we could see more of the same with Mahomes and his offensive line is Joe Tooney scheduled to get an MRI here as we're recording on Monday. There's no official word out on that yet, I don't believe, but maybe we'll, something will come up once we're finished up here. But he'd be a big loss. And honestly, Cordell Peck injury is an offensive lineman. Adam Schefter said mm -hmm. it. Not, not a great combination. So 
I'm not expecting him to play. Juwan Taylor has been one of the most penalized players, plus Legereus Sneed, actually, both those guys, offensive and defensive, both very penalized players for Kansas City. But how are you defending Patrick Mahomes if you're the Ravens to make it as easy as you can on that defense? Well, it's, it's, it's similar to what teams have to face when they're going against Lamar Jackson. It's, it's like, what do you do? It's you, There is no perfect game plan, right? There's things you can try to do. You can say you want to try to take away Mahomes' first read. The first thing you want to do with Mahomes, and it, when it comes to great quarterbacks, I found it, when you're trying to stop great quarterbacks, you got to keep it simple. And it starts with pressure. It starts with pressure up the middle. You, you got to get pressure on these guys. You got to hit them. You got to get them off their spot. I think back to all the times teams were trying to figure out how to stop Tom Brady. And the first thing that everybody said was you got to hit them. You got to hit him so that he doesn't want to take those hits. And obviously Mahomes is, is more mobile than what Tom Brady was. Mahomes is one of the best at extending plays, making something happen when the play breaks down. So first and foremost, get the pressure. Second, you got to try to bracket where he wants to go with the ball, which is Travis Kelsey. You, you, you can't allow Mahomes and Kelsey to play backyard football because when they do, you get what you saw against Buffalo where Travis Kelsey is going for two touchdowns, where he just seems to always be open at times where they absolutely need a play. Um, so th- those, those would be the two main things that I would say. I would say you, in terms of the rushing guys, you got to stay in your rush lanes with Mahomes. He forces you to be disciplined and, and stay to your principles. Um, and so it's tough because these guys are athletes. They're freak athletes. They want to do what they want to do. If they see a way that they could beat a guy, they'll try to beat it. And that's what gets them in trouble. You know, they get out of their rush lanes. Now you don't open something up. Yeah, you beat your guy, but you opened up a pathway for Mahomes to now get outside. And now the play is broken down and, and now your back end is in trouble. So um, those it's kind of simple. But I, and, and look, they could do both of these things and it's still not work for all we know. But hitting Mahomes, especially getting some interior pressure and taking away his best friend, Travis Kelsey, as best you can. Th- those those are the two best things you could do. If, if Rice beats you, if Marquise Valdez-Scantlin beats you, okay. You know, it kind of it kind of is what it is. But the Ravens have been so good at limiting those down-the-field plays that I don't really have too much of a major concern, concern that they'll give up a lot down the field. Yeah, it's – You've seen the blueprint that Kansas City's put out over these years, but as we've talked about, this isn't exactly the same Kansas City offense. Mm-hmm. But what is the same is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have been playing together for a whole heck of a long time now, and they're going to have that natural chemistry, much like we do see with Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and those two guys are on yep. the field together. Now, it's interesting, Cordell, because defensively, it's been such an identity shift for Kansas City, where it's not even the offense for me with Kansas City is the defense. I mean, they've been really good mm-hmm. all season. Now we did see in that Buffalo game, Kansas City was giving up some chunk runs to James Cook mm-hmm. and company, but got to give credit to George Karloftis and Trent McDuffie, both two-year, pl- two-year players have been really good. Chris Jones yeah. is still Chris Jones. They're, I think, a more well-rounded defense than Houston, but there are still some weaknesses. And if Kansas City isn't doing everything that they can to stop Lamar Jackson and figure everything out with the rushing offense too, which Baltimore's been, again, a dominant rushing team this year. It could potentially get ugly for Kansas City. So are you defending Lamar Jackson? Because we saw Houston, Cordell, do it a couple different ways. We saw them do it with a spy, 
after they tried it without a spy and Lamar mm-hmm. just took, took gains up the middle for 20 plus yards every time. And then the spy sometimes didn't even work. I think the end of the first half, they found something the beginning of the second half. Got to give credit to Todd Munkin with those adjustments. Really, really good by him. How, I'll ask you the same question, but flipped. How are you defending Lamar Jackson if you're Kansas City? Oh my God. I, I mean, I'm having nightmares if I'm Steve Spagnola. Um, who I, I respect a lot, I, and so does John Harbaugh. I, I think Steve Spagnola has done a great job over the years getting that Chiefs defense ready for the postseason. And, I mean, like you said, we're, we're usually not talking about Kansas City's defense, but this year that was their calling card. Defense uh, was their best side of the ball. And usually for Spagnola, he has to elevate his defense in the postseason, whereas this year they're coming into the postseason already good, and then you get that, that that usual elevation that he gives them in January, they're even better. Um, they did give up some stuff against Buffalo, but Buffalo just puts so much stress on you. Same way that Baltimore will. Baltimore will get some things on them as well. But in terms of trying to defend Lamar Jackson, look, it starts up front. It starts up front. Chris Jones is going to have to dominate, and he gets to kind of pick his matchups, um, and he'll he'll have to choose wisely and and, and pick his spots, but. You got to get pressure on Lamar. You got to collapse that pocket. You, you can't allow him to sit back there and pat the ball. And you mentioned the spy. He definitely killed the pack, the Texans when they didn't have the spy. But Lamar has seen a spy from every team out there. I mean, it, the the spy alone isn't going to be what it was. What, what stops him? Then what Tex, what Houston did that had some success in the first half. They did a really good job picking their spots with the blitzes. Um, they blitzed them a lot, and Lamar's been so great against the blitz all year. They they did some different things to kind of throw the Ravens off in the first half. And I also think the Ravens were kind of swinging for the jugular a little bit. Um, and I think they were running routes into the cloud the cloud coverages, and they didn't have any of those quick passes available. Not not I shouldn't say any. Uh, but Lamar was, wasn't taking those quick passes a lot of times, and sometimes they weren't available, whereas in the second half that changed. So if you're Kansas City, get pressure on them, make them feel uncomfortable, make them feel you. Um, but with Lamar, you got to figure out how to stop these quarterback design runs, and I don't know if – I don't have the answer. I've, I've said it that every time they call a, any quarterback design run for him, it's still in money. It truly is still in money. And that was one of the big impacts in the second half for that Ravens offense is getting to those plays for Lamar to be able to keep the ball in his hands. And if you're Kansas City, I, I don't know if you can say, yeah, let's just put Justin Reed on the spy and, you know, maybe contain on the opposite side. That way we can kind of bracket them in. You, you're going to have to do some funky things that maybe you haven't done all year because you're facing a quarterback unlike any quarterback you've faced to this point in the season. And to your point about them kind of going for, you know, the the kill shot early, Lamar, when those sacks were happening, when Lamar was backing up early, when they were blitzing, I think he was backing up to let those routes develop and see if he could make Mm -hmm. something happen. I Mm -hmm. think in other circumstances, maybe he tries to roll it out or they maybe put a guy out there for him to just check it down to, or he takes the check downs, but in him backing up, I was, you know, thinking about it as you were talking him backing up, I think, was for, hey, you know, let's let this Zay route develop. Let's let Rashad Bateman get deep and see if something can happen. And then in the second half, as Lamar, he tapped his chest, and it was me who was talking at halftime. He said, yep. no, nah, we're done with this. <laughs> we're, we're doing yeah. what we do. We, and that's also, if the Ravens want to make it easy on themselves, 
They got to play the way that they've played all season and play their game because truly, I agree with you, Cordell. This team is the best team in the NFL. And it seems like the only team that can beat them at this point is themselves. If they get away from what they're doing, if they make mistakes, turnovers, but they've been a lot cleaner of a football team really since coming out of the bye. And that to me is a, is a pretty encouraging sign. But coming up, we'll continue talking about the Chiefs and Ravens matchup. Plus, we'll get into some breaking news at the time of this recording. Stay tuned for that. A lot to get to here on Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by game time and there are plenty of things i could do with an extra 100 in vegas maybe i'd go out there and i don't know i'd buy myself a, a great dinner maybe i'd go put it all on red there's a lot that i could do out there go exploring sightseeing there's so much to do over in vegas and game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy theater events near you and right now all users get 100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code Vegas100. With Carol Westman, it deals all on prices, views from receipt, and the price price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Now, of course, the big game is coming up, but in Baltimore, the AFC Championship is going to be in Baltimore with the Ravens for the first time in the Ravens franchise history. You can buy tickets to that and try to find great tickets over on Game Time. And the Game Time app is great. They have last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, plus use from all the seat. In the venue, game time's only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see all the views from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus, they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on your tickets. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for big time savings. Take the guess we're gonna buy in tickets with game time right now. All game time users get a hundred dollars off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply, just download the game time app and use code Vegas100 spelled V-E-G-A-S 100 100 for a hundred dollars off. A big game ticket, or if you're not going to the game, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download game times with as many tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back. Our final segment, Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Cordell Woodland. And Cordell might be thinking, what in the world are you talking about right now with this breaking news stuff? But <laughs> I don't know if I'm breaking it to you, Cordell, but the Atlanta Falcons are interviewing both Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver a second time for their head coaching opening. Not something that necessarily shocks me or surprises me here, especially after that Houston performance that we saw where the Texans did not score a touchdown and they did not even get into the red zone. But this is another step in the right direction if you're Mike McDonald or Anthony Weaver here. Both guys very deserving. And obviously, if they make a decision, they can only, uh, only hire one of them. But I feel like Weaver, even if he doesn't get a head coaching job this cycle, is definitely on the fast track to at least a coordinator position, if not a head coaching job. And McDonald, we all know, is one of the bright young defensive minds in this league. Do you see any traction between maybe the Falcons and Mike McDonald or Anthony Weaver? And do you think if either of those two guys were to leave, it'd be a good fit for him? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I would be surprised if either of them got that job. I've, I've kind of already sold myself on the idea that Bill Belichick is going to Atlanta. I just don't see I, – I don't, I don't think Atlanta – is really flirting with Belichick to the degree that they have to not take him, if, unless Belichick has said he doesn't want the job. That's the only way I could see that not happening. But if he's if he's interested, so are they. Um, and that's not to say that Mike McDonald or Anthony Weaver aren't good candidates. They're obviously both great candidates for any head coaching job that, uh, that interviews them. I really wouldn't be surprised, Kevin, and I've been saying this on my show and our podcast, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see mcdonald and todd Monken back here in baltimore next year I, I really wouldn't be surprised i mean you look at the the the, the jobs that are the more desirable ones 
like the Chargers. That's probably, it seems like they're leaning Jim, Jim Harbaugh these days. You look at Atlanta, and I don't even think Atlanta's that desirable, to be honest with you, but Atlanta, uh, they look like they're, they want Bill Belichick. So what, what, are, what are some of these other jobs? I mean, I just don't think that they're going to leave Baltimore to go be the next head coach for Carolina, where you've got David Tepper looking over your shoulder at every move, and he's ready to get you out of there at the first sign of a losing streak. So I, I, I think that they want these opportunities, obviously, but I think it's going to take something that's better than the situation they're in. And I, look, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know any inside information on it, but it's not like they're in a bad spot with the Ravens right now. And I, and I think that their names will continue to be brought up. Now, guys like Weaver, he, he probably has a little more sense of urgency to, to go get a, you know, a better, uh, high-ranking job than maybe a Mike McDonald or a Todd Monken does right now. So I can understand Weaver, but in terms of the two coordinators, I really wouldn't be surprised if they're still in Baltimore next year. And to your point, I think how the coaching carousel goes every year, Cordell, is there are probably, what, 20, 30, 40 candidates every single season for about six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 jobs. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of quality coordinators out there, a lot of people who get interviews, get requested, and then – maybe an interim like Antonio Pierce, right? That Raiders job Mm -hmm. gets filled up by him. Gerard Mayo, Patriots job is already gone. So there are internal candidates. And I'm not saying that McDonald and Munkin and Weaver aren't deserving, but you see big power names like Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. And if this really is the year Harbaugh makes a leap to the NFL, that's one job gone. I would be shocked if Bill Belichick doesn't coach this year. That's two. So and then Vrabel, you got exactly. you know, veteran names like like him and those guys. So yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it's it's a lot of guys for not a lot of openings. And we saw it with Ben Johnson, where even he was a head head coaching candidate last year, really mm-hmm. hot candidate. And he decided, you know what, I'm gonna stay in Detroit this year. And he's a guy that maybe could get the commander's job or get another job. So maybe it's just a, a product of circumstance, but there's a shot those guys leave, but I don't think it's necessarily as high as some people are saying it is right, right. now. So, of course, we got we got to we had to talk about that because it just came out. So, back to the regularly scheduled programming of, of Chiefs <laughs> Ravens here, which is pretty important in its own right. Cordell, I would say so. There was a lot of conversation about, well, would you rather face the Chiefs? Or would you rather face the Bills? Was there any preference you had for the Ravens, or in your mind, you're just like this team is too good right now? It doesn't matter who they play. Well, I, I thought both teams would present a challenge. Um, both teams are led by great quarterbacks. But for me personally, I wanted to see the Ravens take on the Chiefs. I, I like the, the, you know, the Ravens, I continue to say it, they're the best team in football. And I'm a big believer of if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, I, you know, so much talk about Lamar's playoff record and can he win in the postseason? Can he put together big performances in the postseason? Not only has he done that now, but now to be able to get an opportunity to do that again at home against a Patrick Mahomes who has dominated this conference since taking over the starting quarterback position for the Chiefs, it's, it's no better person to really solidify how great of a team the Ravens are, how great of a quarterback Lamar Jackson is, than to go through Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And how refreshing was it for you? And I mean, I guess the relief you sensed in the stadium and the, and the joy 
of kind of seeing all these narratives crushed in one fell swoop in the division around. You see the Lamar playoff record, him getting over the divisional hump, getting the team back to the AFC championship. Feels like the 2019 Ravens are an afterthought now after the Ravens get over this hump. Could could you sense that relief in just joy that now it's a different conversation than the ones we've been having for what seemingly feels like forever at this point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, it'll always be something, you know, especially if you're talking about specifically with Lamar. I mean, they'll find something new to to nitpick on or to, to say that he doesn't do well. But Lamar mentioned it after the game that, look, he hears that stuff and sees that stuff. It's not like he's oblivious to it. So it means something to these guys to, to you know, to uh, continuously see all these major networks put all over the place at the rate that Lamar is one and three in the postseason that the Ravens lost in 2019 after clinching the first seed in the AFC. Every, everybody knows the story and these networks have played that same song and dance all week. So yeah, I mean, they'll find something new. Um, but any, like, I, and I said this even coming into the game, I, that 2019 team, granted, I get it. I get why people will go back to it. It's a similar instance, right? Similar situation. But these are two totally different teams. Guys are more mature. Um, they're just you, – you watch this Ravens team and you see, you know, why they're a different team from 2019, how they can beat you in a variety of ways, how they don't allow certain things to impact them early in the game to kind of snowball and hurt them in the end. And, look, that's a those are demons they were fighting even early this season. You know, they, they blew games early this season after uh, – and these were games that they should have won. And, and and all it took was one bad play on offense, a fumble here, a drop here. Now all of a sudden the, everything's crashing down. So they've gotten over that hump. I truly don't have a worry about the Ravens coming up small. They And that's not to say that they're guaranteed to win. Anything can happen. These are two great teams. Um, but I don't think it'll be a situation where – they come out and we don't, we can't recognize them. I, I, I would be completely shocked if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is the best team in football. They've proven that they are the test. They've passed pretty much every single test that's been thrown at them this year. And for me, it's not going to be easy to beat Kansas City. It's not going to be easy to oust Patrick Mahomes. We saw it, Cordell, four times in four years. The first four years of Lamar's career, he played Patrick Mahomes every single time. And mm-hmm. by the fourth year, Ravens fans were saying, can we just stop? Can we just t- take a break from Kansas City? Because <laughs> he was 0-3 in the first three years. All but right. then fourth year, they win that thriller 36-35. That was kind of the signature moment of Nafe. Always rookie year, punching the ball out mm-hmm. from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And now they have an opportunity here. All the talks are going to be about Mahomes versus Lamar this week. And it really has been. Back in the past, couple, it's been Lamar versus Mahomes. Who's better? Who has this? Who has that? It seems pretty poetic. So not going to be easy to beat Kansas City. There are, of course, easy paths if the Ravens do this well and do that well as we talked about. But I think it's still going to be one heck of a game here. And I'm excited for this championship game. First time in Ravens history in the city of Baltimore for the franchise. But Cordell, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for hopping on. Tell people where they can find you and, and what you're working on. As again, we get ready for another electric week here in Baltimore leading up to this game. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Kevin. Uh, my show, Shaking It Up Sports, you can catch me weeknights on 105.7 The Fan. Um, you can download the Odyssey app. You can listen to it on the app if you're not in a car or near a radio. And uh, me and Rita Hubbard, my co-host of the Win and Drive podcast, we drop a couple of episodes throughout the week. You can download that anywhere you get your podcast from.
Links will be in the description to Cordell's work. Check it out. Really great. He's a grinder. And let me tell you, he's a grinder. <laughs> and I was gearing up for the Orioles season coming up. But we got to finish yeah. business here first with the Ravens. And obviously, then the focus will turn to baseball. Really nice segue, hopefully, from a Ravens Super Bowl mm-hmm. win, if, if it happens, into Orioles spring training. So, Cordell, I appreciate you. Check out his work. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Be sure to subscribe. Follow along here in audio form as well. Wherever you get your show, it's the same show, both in audio and video. Hit a like button on YouTube there. The like button really helps out on YouTube. So be sure to do that as well. Stay tuned. we got a lot of Ravens content coming up. We'll see you right back here tomorrow talking more Ravens on Locked on Ravens.